Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome into this edition of Sox on Tap After Dark. It's Johnny Nani here alongside Tony Marchese, burning the midnight oil quite literally, Tony, here. Um, it's been a while since we've done one of these After Dark shows. It has, Johnny, and uh, we're back on the uh, the West Coast hours. It's not a victory beer, but it still tastes good. Um, not the result we wanted, but uh, Sox on Tap After Dark. How you doing, man? Tony, I'm I'm doing all right. Me and Steve got to talk about a victory yesterday, so that was pretty solid start to my week. Um, here, uh, you know, like you'd said, we wish I was drinking victory beer here alongside you. Uh, wish that we were talking about a White Sox winner. Wish that we could have made up some ground here, um, but that it was not the case tonight. So we're gonna have to get in, uh, break down everything that went down. But overall, uh, could be worse here. So. Um, Let's get into it before we do listeners make sure you're subscribed on tap sports on youtube like us on facebook as well so you can jump in this comment section here uh join the conversation we can feature them live during the show um visit on tap for all chicago sports literature and podcasting needs on tap sportsnet and at socks on tap for the social media all right tony White Sox dropped this one, game two of the series in Seattle, by a score of three to nothing. Uh, I titled this one scoreless in Seattle, um, really really leaning into um, the, the kind of typical Seattle uh, shticks here. Yeah, it. Uh, I think it's an appropriate uh, episode title there, Johnny. Um, just the offense could not get going at all today. Um, not a, not a great showing there. I feel like Johnny Cueto deserved a little bit better. Um, you know, we've, we've seen a couple two tree games with the, uh, you know, Steve's favorite offensive approach. And then, uh, tonight just nothing. And, uh, we're scoreless in Seattle, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you'd mentioned there, um, White Sox only able to muster together one extra base hit on the night. That's a departure from the multi home run strategy, which you had just alluded to, uh, which they were able to do multiple times uh, leading up to this game. Um, but that was not the case here on Tuesday evening in Seattle. So um, as I mentioned, three Oh, the final from this one, you talked about a guy there. Let's start there at the top with Johnny Cueto. Um, it was Dia de Cueto and he turned in a, himself a solid outing on um, and like you, I would agree that he deserved better. He went six, five hits, one run. Uh, unfortunately, it was earned uh, three walks, three strikeouts in that. But the one run that crossed the plate against him, Tony, um, I know we can get into a little bit more of Cueto, but my God, I'd be remiss if we didn't just start with the way in which the Mariners scored their first run here. I'm, I'm, I'm really irritated by this entire sequence of events, Johnny. Um, this is not how you like to go down in a ball game. Um, the errors charged to Gavin Sheets on this play, you get a ball to sit out to right field. 
Uh, Gavin throws it in towards third. Cut off man's missed. I've seen some arguments here, Johnny, as to whether or not that ball should have been cut off. Uh, but it goes behind Yohan Mancata, um, gets past Johnny Cueto, and then takes a rough bounce uh, right before the the wall, uh, right outside the White Sox dugout, I believe, or, or the Mariners dugout. Not quite sure which one. Yeah, kind of the camera well there by the White Sox kind dugout, of, it looked like. Yeah, yeah, camera well by the White Sox dugout. And uh, just kind of bounces up over the short wall into a camera lens, which is out of play. And that will advance runner there. And that's how they score a run. Weird stuff, but just that's so White Sox stuff, oh, Johnny. Yeah. It's just, it reeks of that so White Sox. And it makes you just fucking angry to see it happen. Yeah, that's the. I think you put it. You had uh, tweeted that out shortly after, and that is the the, the epitome of that. So White Sox, and um, I, I agree with you that Gavin Sheets gets charged with the throwing error there, um, definitely unwarranted. If you're going to give an error on that play, I would go to Yoan Moncada there because it it wasn't for lack of an effort. He did make an attempt to move himself over to go and get, but he just missed it. And you know what? Unfortunately, that's baseball. That happens sometimes, but it was unfortunate because the runner was tagging up and going to get to third regardless, right? So there's your argument for right. should it be cut off, should it be – okay, whatever. But, I mean, how many times have you seen a guy just kind of mosey over like he did, make that step over, and then make the play there? Um, I guess he could have gotten in front a little bit better. I know he had the eye on the runner that was going to third. To, trying tried to, to make, make the tag there, right, too. Yeah, to catch yeah. him if he's getting off the base. But he was already pretty – fairly safe there i think there was no question about it i was going to tag up and be safe at third there so uh, like you mentioned just that so white Sox way to get scored upon there and that that ends up being the game winning run uh with the white Sox not scoring at all tonight it's a bad so, taste in your mouth right right so the, the, i mean granted i know there was the home run late in the game the air mariners able to add on insurance runs uh in the eighth of the two-run shot right now lopez giving up his first of the year so that, that about summarizes the scoring uh on this episode of socks on tap tony but yeah like you said leaves a bad taste in my mouth um let's talk about some of the other factors and uh happenings during this game i guess the other big storyline here is luis robert uh exiting early once again how many times have we heard that phrase so far this year this time it was after um a bruised left hand uh that's what the official diagnosis was x-rays came back negative day to day another diagnosis which we've heard a million times this season but um tony this just adds on to the wrist problems that he was already dealing with yeah and obviously he gets hit in the hand uh kind of swinging the bat at the same time there not sure if that was really a result to him maybe favoring that wrist a little bit as he comes in there not able to stop himself because he's been taking that front hand off the bat um you know you and i were talking about this just yesterday how you know he's got enough power to potentially hit himself a one-handed home run um at the warning track i ball yesterday and then today uh obviously hitting the hand and then leaves the ball game a little while thereafter but dude I don't know what camp you're in here. There seems to be a lot of people who are in the camp. IL Luis Robert. There's some other people who are in the camp of, you know, if he's healthy enough to play, he still provides some value to this team. I'm, I'm kind of torn in the middle here, Johnny, if I'm being honest with you, obviously they're batting him seventh today. um, And we probably will not see him tomorrow, but Do you foresee any long-term IL stints here for him? Or is he going to be around because he's, 
fast and he can play a good center field. And the White Sox know that Luis Robert at 30% is better than no Luis Robert. That's where I'm kind of torn on this one, man. Well, I think it's, you know, hindsight's 2020, but they probably should have went with an IL stint during that stretch shortly after when they realized uh, he couldn't swing it right, right? We saw those swings oh, that sure. yeah. happened in Baltimore. So ideally, that probably would have been the way to go. But it's a good question, Tony, and it really is. I guess I am kind of torn as well uh, because you do bring up those points of what he offers possibly as a pinch runner. I know he had a couple of uh, stints as that even when he wasn't in the lineup and then obviously playing some defense, uh, using him as a replacement there. So there is that argument to be made. However, um, if you continue to do that, um, is the risk going to get any better? And I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. That's, I guess that's the biggest question for me in determining what you should do with him. I, I guess right now, just seeing that and only adding on to, because it was that same left wrist that he had sprained back uh, August 12th. So we're almost a month into that now, and we still are not seeing any improvement from that. Uh, now you add a bruised hand on there. That to me just kind of feels like a sign from the baseball gods to shut it down for 10 days here. I don't know about you. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could go with that one. Um, obviously they label him day to day right now. And I think that they're going to continue to play these games. Um, you know, say it's, you know, might only take five days and you, you want to see him against Cleveland next week. I mean, it, it, it's a really tough position to be in, but I don't, I don't envy Miguel Cairo or the training staff. No, right now. I don't either. And, you know, at this point, you might have to shut him down for the 10 days. I don't know. Right. I, I, I really then, don't have then, an answer here. Now, now that I think about it, though, it's like, all right, well, what are you replacing him with? What do you got there? You got Mark Payton, Adam Hazley. So then that's where the argument comes in. Robert right. at 30% is probably better. Um, but then again, this all, all of this could probably be alleviated if Adam Engel was competent this year, right? Yeah, that's true too. I mean, he did come in and get a hit today. I don't want to, I don't want to slander too much Adam. Yeah, Engel, it means me and Steve got all the Adam Angle slander out yesterday. So, well, you know, he's he's made a couple plays this year that have cost the White Sox some some ball games, uh, especially going back to that drop. Uh, just uh, yeah, that one's still fresh in my mind, but. Does it allow Andrew Vaughn to play a little bit more? I mean, like that's that's the other question here, right? Is you know that Eloy Jimenez is going to be your DH. So when you take Luis Robert out of that outfield mix, it's either AJ Pollock with Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn, which I don't think a lot of people are going to like, or you've got to throw Adam Engel out there with AJ Pollock. And then you, you've you already mentioned some of those that can go out there. I don't think anybody wants to really see Lurie Garcia playing out there. So you start to really limit your options because this is weird to say. Eloy Jimenez is in an outfield option right now. Right. Well, because he's dealing with an ailment of his own, right? He, he's right. having that leg soreness that we, we kind of knew about, and he's exited a couple of games early due to that. So it, it – 
really is a tough predicament. And that kind of goes back to what I said. I don't envy Miguel Cairo. I don't envy Debo right now. I don't envy the White Sox training staff. The people have to make these decisions, especially when you look at the AL Central race, how tight it's gotten as of late. Uh, I know that the um, if we're looking around there real quick, as I mentioned that, uh, uh, Twins postponed today against the Yankees, but uh, Guardians were able to take care of business against Royals. Must be fucking nice. Um, but that puts the White Sox three games back here, right? So it's like you don't want to slip at all. Um, but yeah. at the same time, is Robert really helping you achieve that? And I guess the, the question is, that's what Miguel Cairo and those coaches have to decide. Is Robert at 30% basically just being a defender and runner? Is that worth it more over than having someone else there? Or And then also, you got to weigh that against the end of the season. Because remember, sure, right now we're looking at this and you're thinking, okay, yeah, the season ends basically end of September. That's not the case this year. You go into uh, October for a week, right, with, with those series mm-hmm. that were postponed from the lockout. So do you think Robert can get right enough to go and help you at the end there? And if he can, then maybe the IL stint's worth it, right? Potentially. I mean, that's that's the real risk you take, Johnny. I mean, you could shut him down for a week, two weeks, and it might not fix anything. And then you're back in the same spot that you were right, right and, now. And now, now that I think about that, sorry, since, since you brought that up, I, I got to chime back in. And, and since he, you know, we're going on close to a month since he suffered the initial injury, is it really getting that much better this year? And that may be a reason why he, he's been sticking around. And the only absence of any kind that he's had was a paternity list. In. Right. Because are we looking at something that they know he's going to need surgery to fix? Yeah, I don't want to speculate too far down the rabbit hole, Johnny, but maybe it's something that you're not going to see fixed easily right now. Right. And it's either play through this pain and, you know, if if that's what he's doing, that's commendable. You know, that's right. It, people are slandering Yohan Moncada for last. So if, if that's what he's doing and he's just trying to give his team a chance to win ball games, okay, I can see it. If they've determined that, yes, Luis Robert at 30% or whatever percent he is is better than their other options internally right now, okay, that's one thing. But I just – I don't know if it's gotten any better. And the the way you bring it up kind of just makes me feel a little bit more validated in the fact of, like, right. I haven't seen any improvements. It's been the same thing over and over again. And the only thing that makes sense is if they know that it's not going to get better. And that's the only reason he hasn't gone on the IL up until this point. Now, maybe the hand changes things, but the initial day-to-day thing, I don't know, but I doubt you see him in the lineup tomorrow. Right. And I think we may have a little more clarity tomorrow, depending on that, um, because Michael Kopech, I know we'll get to the next game uh, here, but there is supposed to be a roster move tomorrow, right? We basically know that Michael Kopech's expected to start Wednesday's game against the Mariners. So there's going to be a corresponding roster move of some sort. It has not been announced yet. Probably won't be announced until around noonish, 11 tomorrow with a 310 uh, Central Time start here uh, as we're looking at the, this next game here on the schedule. So, if Robert goes on the IL, then you'll know that that's what they elect to do. If not, then we may be leaning more towards what you had just discussed. And is it something that can't get fixed? They know it's not going to get fixed, and they just need him uh, around for what he can offer at that level of whatever. You're right. You, you bring up the fact that there's more than likely, uh, it's pretty certain here, there's going to be a roster move tomorrow. 
if it's not Luis Robert, I wanted to talk about this even before that. Who do you think it could be? Yeah. Because it, now, I mean, are you dropping who? Right. It's a good question. I mean, you're. you're Davis Martin already went back down. Right. Matt Foster. You could send Matt Foster back down. That's what, There's one option. Short the bullpen up a little bit. Right. But. Romy Gonzalez, I guess, if you really feel he's confident been, in Lurie. Yeah, but he's I, been locked into the lineup. Yeah, I would say that that's probably not your most likely one there, but I'm just looking at guys that, you know, you could potentially send down, right? Yeah. So, and granted, I would have to go up and look up the options of all those guys. But are you going to go short but, one hitter if you know that right. Luis Robert yeah. isn't going to be able to play for a couple of This is going to be an interesting. I, I, I guess I'd lean more towards Matt Foster then, my, my first suggestion there. It's probably where I would go too. Just. Yeah. Just because you need you need the bats, right? Right now, especially when you're playing short, Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez could be out of a game at any day, and yeah, yeah, Zmani Grandal is not an everyday guy right now, so you need the bats. Well, I'll just end this segment here since we started this on Luis Robert. I'll end it with it and take a look at my name right here, Tony. You can see that. Yes, it's good. I. I haven't really had any wrist issues in my life. It's all yours, Louise. Please take it. I'm a Louise Robert wrist donator. I'll fly out to Seattle if you need it. I'll do whatever it takes for this White Sox club. Uh, if we can find a way. I know they probably got some good doctors out there. Seattle, Pacific Northwest. Um, make it happen. Go and get that thing seamlessly done. And then let's see Jackson home runs uh, off of it. And then I'll take your bum wrist and whatever. That's fine. I don't need it for shit. So. That's that's some TW TW right there. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. Hey, you know, on the on the Bulls front, Tony Lonzo Ball can have my knee too. I've had I've had knee issues. Nobody should be taking my shoulder or my elbow. Those have been my <laughs> my uh, issues of my areas of issue. Right uh, when it comes to bodily injuries, but wrist knees they're good. Lonzo can have it for the Bulls. Luis Robert can have the wrist for the Sox. I'm there you go. It. TW TW. There Passion. you go. Fire. Yeah. Passion, right. fire, grit. Yep. There it is. We love it here. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next topic there. That was obviously a big one there with Luis Roberts' injury there. Uh, White Sox wasting opportunities tonight, Tony. I don't think we need to run through every situation, but one for seven runners in scoring position. You leave nine on base. I not getting the job done any night. No, not getting the job done any night at all. We've seen this from this White Sox club numerous times this season and uh, make me sick. Well said. Well said, my friend. Um, as I mentioned with the AL Central uh, around there, that was kind of our last topic for uh, game impact here from tonight's contest. Uh, Guardians did win in KC. Once again, must be nice. Uh, and then obviously that Twins-Yankees postponed. So I had not looked up their schedule, but I would imagine there'd be some sort of double header or something uh, going on uh, to be able to make that up. So hopefully the Yankees can take it to uh, those Twinkies once again. Um, but Tony, I guess with where we're at right now, uh, you got anything on one Mr. John Cueto uh, for the rest of this? And I know we talked about him a little bit at the beginning of the show, but man, this guy just continues to be a rock, dude. Uh, this very well could have gone off the rails at different points. Uh, there were certain instances with runners on base, and he's able to roll up a double play in one of them. He's able to induce a couple of pop flies um, easy, no advancement on any of these. This guy is a warrior. And he doesn't even, I don't want to undermine it, but it's not the Johnny Cueto of 2014-15, right? I guess that's where I'm going with it. He's not his old self, but he's evolved 
into this guy that gets job done consistently and almost every outing is a quality start for him. I mean, we've said it on this show time and time again, just true professional. Um, I think he's really reinvented himself uh, since putting on the White Sox uniform really here. Um, he, he reminds me of a crafty lefty almost uh, when he's out there, just able to work efficiently, throw strikes, and and just churns out quality starts to keep his team in the ball game. You're right. This thing could have gone off the rails uh, quite a few different times here for him tonight. And yet he's able to just somehow magically work through things. Uh, he gets himself out of himself out of jams very, very well. And I think that that's been his best quality all year. Um, it's not always magical. It's not always overpowering. It's not always something that's, you know, complete shutdown. Um, but he finds ways to be efficient and escape danger better than it seems like anybody else outside of Dylan Cease on this White Sox roster. And you right. can even argue at certain points throughout the season, Cease has been more of a victim. I think we've only got one Johnny Cueto start all year where he's really been dealt a lot of damage um, in a ball game, maybe two. Uh, I think you had the Chicago Cubs start. And then there was uh, one other D-backs one. Yeah. The D-backs. Yes. Um, but other than that, he just seems to come out there um, and he gives it all every single time he's out on the mound. And I think he's just, he's using a ton of baseball knowledge and just, it, you know, I don't know if it's his advanced scouting on these guys being around the league for so long. It's just, it's truly phenomenal to watch him pitch uh, because he does it so differently than I think a lot of other guys do with overpowering stuff. Um, it's, it's just really fun baseball to watch when he's on the mound. I, I want to just get into that difference really quick. And you had talked about, yeah, sure. A guy who is a Cy Young, you know, but probably a top three candidate right now, Dylan Cease uh, on our staff. Um, but Dylan Cease, when he gets into a jam, it's usually what he walked, he, he walked two guys, gave up a single, the bases are loaded and then he's striking his way out of it. Right. And using, you know, mm -hmm. eight, 18 to 21 pitches to do so. Johnny Cueto will get those guys out. They'll get tits like quick within like the first like five pitches of an inning. And then he's inducing that ground ball double play. He's inducing yep. the, those two weak pop outs to the left side uh, where guys are trying to really, you know, uh, mull it over the left field fence. They're not able to get good wood on it because he's so deceptive and he used the quick slide step or he used the double shimmy on him. And I just, I, I think it's outstanding and he absolutely deserved better tonight here. Uh, but unfortunately, White Sox offense not able to support him. So. It's kind of what you wanted to see yeah. Dallas Keuchel be. For right. Sox. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's true. Like when you said that, like a crafty lefty veteran, well, I guess he's just a crafty righty. I guess that's a way to say it, but yeah, usually you would think more of like a lefty, like in that regard, I, I yeah. totally, I totally get the road that you were traveling down mm -hmm. uh, it, it, when you delivered that. So uh, but th that just about wraps it up, Tony, I guess, uh, you know, on this one, you had a couple of opportunities. You had the Adam Angle top of the seventh leads off with the single gets thrown out, stealing second there. Grandal walks after that. Romy strikes out. Uh, Andrews grounds into a fielder's choice. I think he had Apollo K in there as well. Then it's it, it, I feel like we've we've seen this movie. We've seen this movie a bunch of times, and it sucks that it came back because I want the multi home run strategy. I want the extra base hits. Me too. I miss it already. It's only been gone one game, and I miss it. <laughs> You can never have enough home runs. You can never have enough victory beers. 
you can never have enough White Sox winners in your life. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it was important that the Sox got the first game of this series. Tomorrow is right. going to be just as hard, if not harder, um, than it was today. It yeah. was important to take game one. They did that. They're still in a position to win this series. Uh, but, Johnny, its I mean, it's not going to be easy. And I don't think anybody thought it was when we came in to play the Seattle Mariners. I think this right. was, um, you know, I, I want to tip my cap I, a little bit to uh, the Seattle Mariners starting pitcher and bullpen. Um, you know, for as many failed opportunities, there was a lot of times where uh, Seattle was able to just beat us with some overpowering stuff, too, here tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah, Logan Gilbert there. He's a, he's a real nice pitcher. I mean, Steve talked about it. We knew it was going to be a challenge coming in here. So uh, White Sox not able to touch him up. Obviously, weren't able to get to any of the other arms there. Uh, when we're talking about Brash, Munoz, and Sewell uh, at the end of the game. So um, they, it's tough, but, you know, that also, now that they've used, I know they used two uh, bullpen arms on Monday in the series opener. Now they've used three here. Remember, they're still coming off that game in which it was very taxed on Sunday. Uh, in that late rain delayed game. Um, so who knows? Maybe if you were able to get to Luis Castillo a little bit, even just nudge him a little bit shorter than he would have been, maybe that plays in your favor uh, at the end of the ball game uh, in the series finale on Wednesday afternoon, Tony. Um, I think it's time to run down that, as we'd mentioned, Luis Castillo going for uh, the Mariners and then Michael Kopech uh, coming back here. Um, I- I'm a little bit interested to see Michael Kopech. I know he claims he's all good to go in everything, but I still worry about that knee, man. Uh, because this is something that now technically has been going on since the very beginning of June. Um, it, yeah. it was uh, that, you know, first weekend of June or second weekend of June, uh, which he exited with the injury initially. I know he'd never went on the injured list for it, but then now most recently with the flare up against Kansas city, we all know that kind of warm up sort of deal and then staying in for those four batters and he wasn't right there. Um, I, I just worry about it because it's one thing to say you're good to go and kind of temper it in a bullpen, when you get back out there, the adrenaline's rushing in a game situation, especially against a quality opponent like the Mariners. I don't know. I really hope that the, these concerns are for not, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention them. No, and it's it's been a, an interesting year with Michael Kopech and the and the health uh, too. When that knee, um, you know, something that they talked about with Lance Lynn being back, and again, similar issue with the knee, Johnny. Um, in yesterday's post-game show on NBC Sportsnet was you can actually see Lance Lynn starting to drive off that knee versus favoring it. And I kind of look at Kopech the same way. You you want him to be stable landing on that knee because I think it's a it's the other knee for, for Kopech than it was Lynn. But you're, that landing leg is going to be interesting for Kopech because – I feel like we've been dealing with this for longer than just this year with him. Um, And when he's on, the velocity is there. It's very telling with Michael Kopech when he's on and when he's favoring something and taking a little bit off of it. So that first inning, Johnny, is going to be, at least for me, kind of the key to what kind of version of Michael Kopech are we going to get on Wednesday afternoon. I want to I want to see him come out, man. And if he's 95, 96 ish, uh, even in the 94 range, that's awesome. But if we see one of those, you know, first few innings sitting around 91, 92, it's going to be a little bit of a cause for concern, I would say. 
Right. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. And shit, you, you know, you said 91, 92. Man, uh, I know it was, you know, fresh off of him aggravating that during the warmups, but we saw an 88 mile an hour fastball in the first inning of that Kansas City series. So, yeah. um, clearly, uh, I wanted to avoid a situation like that. But um, I, you know, he did have the 15 day IL. I know that's an option for the pitchers. They did elect to use that. I know Davis Martin, I think he deserves some props uh, for filling in, uh, especially. I know it was a, decent uh you know we ended up working out uh, with them going to the opener despite joe kelly's uh kind of uh erraticness uh in the first inning on that friday night game against minnesota uh but uh D- davis martin then uh served at, he pitched the starter innings right yes. he pitched the starter quality bulk innings it was just out of order there um we were talking about that so he deserves props for for stepping in while kopech was out um but you know, uh, Mike Kopech is a guy that, you know, we talked about all these guys with Seattle and it's, oh, they're a scary ball club and this and that. And yeah, sure. They've been playing much better than the White Sox overall. Uh, when you go and look at, you know, recent trends, uh, you know, post all-star break, stuff like that. Uh, and, but we got some guys that are, that can be scary too. And I want to show it in a big way, uh, like Lance Lynn did on Monday. I don't, I don't really have much to add there, Johnny. I mean, I'm looking for the same thing from this ball club. Um, it's been a while since Jose Abreu's left the yard, it feels like. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Let's get into some picks and clicks then, because um, obviously no offense tonight. So I would hope that there's at least run scored tomorrow uh, on the White Sox side. Who we got? Who's yes. helping us out? No, I got, I'll stick right there with Jose. Okay. Need it. Some MVP shit. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, dude, it's, it's a tough task. It's not easy going up against Luis Castillo. I will say he's not unbeatable. You know, he's six five on the year. I know some of that came with the Reds where he wasn't getting much run support there as well. Um, and he's been solid since going over the Mariners, but once again, not completely untouchable. He's not like a, uh, I wouldn't say a Max Scherzer, a, a Justin Verlander when they're at the top of their game, uh, sort of feel like it's, you know, almost impossible. Um, so as I'm looking at this, uh, with this, uh, he has, does have a decent history against, uh, Castillo there. I doubt he will be in the lineup there, uh, tomorrow. But, um, with that being said, a guy who just came back tonight, I did see him tattoo the ball despite his little gaffe in the field there, uh, that mistake, letting that ball go through his legs and get into that camera. Well, there you Mankata. He, he smoked those first two balls he saw, and that was also against a solid starter uh, in Logan Gilbert there. So um, I'll, I'll go with Yohan Mankata, uh, continue some of the history he has against Luis Castillo. Uh, he's batting 333, granted only three at-bats against him there. Uh, small sample size, but that's what we have to go off. A bunch of them have not seen Luis Castillo before. So I'll go Yo. You got Abreu. Let's get some Cuban magic up in yeah. Seattle. I like it. I, I like it, and... You know, Mankata coming back. He was swinging a hot bat before uh, before he went down, Johnny. And it was uh, two for two in that game before, when he exited. Yeah, like I mean, bookend it. Yeah, yeah, bookend it. I like that. I like that. All right, Tony, hit with the final thought, and then uh, we can get uh, our housekeeping in and sign off here for the night. Final thought, Johnny. I think you said it well earlier. Get to Castillo early. You know, you talk about their bullpen being a little bit worn down off of that Cleveland series. You got that win in the first game, but overall, I haven't really seen the effects of uh, a tired Seattle team. Uh, they've kind of just rolled with the punches a little bit and played some competitive ball, Johnny. And uh, I, I really want the White Sox to jump all over them early tomorrow. I think that would really benefit this ball club. Early run support. Score first. 
like we say on this show all the time, set the tone. I love it. I don't have too much else to add. Let's score some runs. I don't like seeing goose eggs in the White Sox run column there. It just makes me upset, and it makes me feel like we weren't competitive in the game, even though if you watched, it was, yeah, pretty close all throughout. Um, Obviously, the Mariners were able to add too late, but it just it leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Maybe someone who missed the game goes and looks at it and say, oh, that was pathetic, and they didn't score anything. And then guess what? You'd be inclined to maybe make an argument against them, but then again, White Sox lost, so you'd be like, you're actually right. It was kind of pathetic. So score some damn runs. Score That's runs. all I've got. I like That's it. all I've got. Everyone, thank you for tuning in to Socks on Tap. After dark, we appreciate you staying with us late, burning this midnight oil here. Uh, we'll be back. It's a matinee-ish game, uh, 310 our time. So obviously day game more so out in Seattle. But 310 p.m. Central Time start NBC Sports Chicago. Watch there. Um, check in with us here. Socks on Tap for the post-game show per usual. OnTapSportsNet.com is the place to go for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, OnTapSportsNet. Like us on Facebook at OnTapSportsNet as well. Go and jump in these comment sections via those platforms so we can feature them on the show live. Go and follow us on social media at OnTapSportsNet and at SoxOnTap. Connect with us there. Uh, We love interacting with all of y'all. So, Tony, until next time, we still got a series to win. Let's go and get it done. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.